Hello. Thank you very much, Sir Greg. And also, uh, the special this morning. We appreciate those great songs to prepare our hearts for the Word of God. So please remember, mothers, we have special recognition for those who are present Sunday. Uh, all our mothers, do not forget, please try to register ahead. Uh, we have uh, limited slots, so mothers para masulod mo, try to uh, register your names ahead. If we are happy, raise your hand. Those who are happy, raise your hand. Your Bible, please, in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 16. I'm happy to see Mama Rites uh, Reconalia. How are you doing? Okay, Kalang. So we prayed for you. Also, we are praying for the idols. Last uh, Friday, we had a service in Sirib, uh, Kalinan, and uh, for for Dan- Danilo Idal. That's the younger brother, uh, brother Rodel. They they will have the interment karong hapon. I'm sorry to. Uh, I know, uh, miss that tungod kay uh, uh, Sunday afternoon services. So we did have a great service, and uh, please continue to pray for the family. No? So regarding sa opening Sunday, sa tuang first service uh, RMS, uh, Sir Greg announced that it will be on Thursday. I'm soul winning. Um, we will move it to Friday. Kay nakoy Bible study sa Thursday. So uh, para muliketag too much pressure sa so Friday. If you wish to go with us, you want to join. We will be going around the RMS area so that um, we can invite people for the first service. Si uh, si uh, Sir Leonel will be the first one. Akong gisalang dito partner niya si Algie. Sunday school, she's a preaching. So be praying much for the pre- the first service in Genesis chapter 16. Palihog karong kabuntagon, verse number 13. It's a great story recorded in the Bible regarding a woman by the name of Hagar. Genesis 16. Let us look at verse number 13. There is one aspect about God here that we need to understand today. I like that song, God Almighty. And really, our God is the God Almighty. He's the great Elohim. He's a great God that we serve. Acts 16, verse 13. Kindly rise as we read verse number 13. And she called the name of the Lord that spake unto her, Thou God seest me. And she said, Have I also here looked after him that seeth me? Let us close our eyes in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for giving us the opportunity, Lord, to preach and to hear, to share, to spread the word of God. Whoever is hearing this, listening to our broadcast today, 
those who are watching us live and those who may be watching us later and those who are present here in our congregation this morning. Please, Lord, we pray that you pour your blessings upon us. The wisdom we need in understanding the word, the eagerness and thirst deep inside our hearts and spirit. May we feel it, Lord, and just simply say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Bless in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Can you be seated, please, this time? I am speaking a subject this morning entitled, El Roy. El Roy, the God who sees me. The God who sees me. She called the name of the Lord and that spake unto her, Thou God seest me. You see me. And then she said, Have I also here, right here, look after him that seeth me. El Roy, the God who sees us. The God who sees me. This message will bring our minds to one great truth about God. And that is his omniscience. His omniscience. Omniscience means that God is all-knowing. He knows everything. God is all-knowing in the sense that he is aware of the past, the present, and future. Nothing takes him by surprise. Amen? His knowledge is total. He knows everything. Everything that, that happens is in the mind of God. He understands it. And so he knows everything. And uh, his knowledge is total. He knows that uh, all there is to know and can be known. Can you imagine? He knows everything that needs to be known. And uh, God's knowledge is unlimited. Knowing that God is omniscient should allow us to trust his will. Should allow us to trust his word and his timing. Though we don't know all the answer, thank God we can say he does. God does. He knows everything. God is omniscient. It simply means he has knowledge of all things. It talks about a universal knowledge. Everything that happens um, uh, in the universe, God knows. And this word comes from the two Latin roots. Omnis, which means all. And uh, sentia, which means knowledge. And sentia is the same word in, in English, science. A.W. Tozer, in The Pursuit of God, in his book entitled The Pursuit of God, says, He is omniscient, which means that he knows in one free and effortless all matter, all spirit, all relationships, all events. Our knowledge is limited 
and our best effort and understanding are finite. Yes. And uh, we are trapped by our own experience, by our own experience in a specific place and time. You see, God's knowledge is unlimited. Knowing that God is omniscient again should allow us to trust Him. We can trust His will, we can trust His word, and we can trust His timing. Though we don't know all the answer of, uh, you know, in, in our questions in life, God knows. God knows. Thou, God, seest me. Ikaw nga Diyos nga nakakita kanako. Thou, God, seest me. Actually, this phrase openly shows the weight and the value of the great truth regarding the omniscience of God. Thou, God, seest me. And we're glad to say tonight that the God of heaven is seeing us. He sees everything about us. He sees everything that is going on in our lives. A poem entitled, The God Who Sees Me. You are the God who sees me. And when I am lost in your marvelous waves, captivated by your love, you see me. When my face radiates your joy and people look in, wonder at your beauty shining through me, you see me. And when, in, when I am prostrated by the things, now the things that uh, I can't seem to get right, when I am focused on my failures and I don't see you, you see me. Whenever I praise you or turn my face away from you, you continue to pursue me because you are the God who sees me. God's people say amen for that. Note please in our text in verse number 7. Verse number 7 there it says in 16 verse 7. And the angel of the Lord found her by the fountain water. This is Hagar. And she felt being mistreated by her, by her boss Sarah. So she decided to leave, to go to plead. And she was... She has nowhere to go. She found a place, a fountain, and the Lord, she was all alone by herself. She was confused. She was prostrated, not knowing where to go next. If she decides to go back to Egypt, because she was originally an Egyptian, for sure the government of Pharaoh would capture her and uh, put her in prison until uh, Mr. Abraham is notified. So she cannot go back to Egypt. She cannot go back to her, to her, uh, to the house of Abraham and Sarai because she has been mistreated. And so she ended up bewildered. She was confused. And she didn't know where to go. Thank God in verse 7, the angel of the Lord, and I believe that is no other than the Lord Jesus Christ. The angel of the Lord found her. Why? Because he sees her. The angel of the Lord found her. In verse number 9, And the angel of the Lord said unto her. Verse number 10, And the angel of the Lord said unto her. Verse 11, And the angel of the Lord said unto her. Seemingly, the angel of the Lord was a physical presence who spoke with Hagar as one person speaks to another. 
one-on-one, uh, -on -one, person to person. The Lord Jesus Christ manifested himself in, in, in the person of an angel. But it was the Lord Jesus Christ, actually, that found her, that communicated with her in her deep sorrows and pain. And in verse 13, it shows that Hagar understood that this physical present person was God himself. The one talking to her was no other than, but God himself. And uh, the pre-incarnate appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus Christ did not exist in Bethlehem's manger. Jesus Christ is the creator of the world. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was anything made that was made. Jesus Christ is the creator of time. Jesus Christ is the creator of the universe. Thank God the angel of the Lord found her. Maybe you are lonely today. There seems to be no one who cares for you. But the Lord sees you this morning. He understands you this morning. The angel of the Lord would later appear to Abraham in Genesis chapter 22. The angel of the Lord would later appear to Moses in Exodus chapter 3. The angel of the Lord would later appear to Balaam in Numbers 22. The angel of the Lord would later appear to Gideon in Judges chapter 6. The angel of the Lord would later appear to Samson's parents in Judges 13. The angel of the Lord would later appear to David in 2 Samuel chapter 24. The angel of the Lord would later appear to Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19. Please take note of this. You see the Lord, the angel of the Lord constantly is found in the Bible appearing to someone. Appearing to Abraham, appearing to Moses, appearing to Balaam, appearing to Gideon, appearing to the parents of, of uh, Gideon, and then appearing to David. But take note of this. This is the first appearance of the angel of the Lord in the Bible. This is the first recorded appearance of the angel of the Lord in the Bible. He didn't first appear to Noah or Enoch or Abraham. The angel of the Lord appeared to a single mother-to-be. Who was, who was mistreated by, by the woman who put her into the whole mess. The whole situation here. In verse 13, it says there again, verse 13, And she called the name of the Lord that spake unto her, Thou God seest me. You are the El Roy. You are the God who sees me. You are the God who sees. Hagar knew that this was no a mere angel who appeared to her. The angel of the Lord was also the God who sees us today. And may I address this message to those who are going through some sorrow and pain. God's word tells us that he is with us and he is for us. No matter what, 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 what no matter how hard the situations that you are going through, no matter how hard the pain that you're going through, please take note of this. There is a God who sees and knows all about it. He's the El Roy that we serve. He's the God that spoke to Hagar. He's the God that spoke to Moses. 
is the same God who appeared to Abraham. If God be for us, who can be against us? First of all, the first point is this. Let us look at this. Let us view this great truth in, in a in, in general way. Now look at this as a whole today. Understanding who God is and who we are in the sight of God. We want to consider, first of all, consider this truth even from the very nature of God. We want to consider here, we want to understand the nature of God. Understanding who God is really. The word which the Greek, uh, the Greek uh, applies to God implies that he is a God who could see. The Greeks called him Theos. Theos. And they, and they derived that word from the root Theestai. Theestai. They, they said the, uh, he, is the, he is the Theos means Theestai, meaning to see. From the very beginning, they describe God, they present God as someone who sees. He can see us. Thank God for that. Theestai meaning to see because they regarded God as being all seeing one whose eye took in the whole universe at a glance and whose knowledge extended far beyond that of humans. God can see his eyes is in every place. Thank God for that. There are no God if God had no eyes. For a blind God were not God at all. Thank God we have a God who can see us. When we say thou God, we do in effect comprise the word God. The idea uh, of a God who sees everything. Thou God seest me. And I hope that is our understanding this morning. We are sure that he sees us. For we have been taught in the scripture that God is everywhere. God is everywhere. Open your Bible please with me in the book of Psalm 139. Let us read verse 1 to verse number 12. In the book of Psalm 139, beginning to read verse number 1. Psalm 139, verse number 1 up to verse number 12. I like this. O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts. Can you imagine that? Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. But there is not a word in my tongue. But lo, Lord, O Lord, thou knowest it all together. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, he says, humanly speaking, I cannot afford to attain it. I cannot attain unto it. Whether shall I go from thy spirit? Or whether shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend, my, my, uh, ascend up into heaven, behold, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, he says, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, even there thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall Hold me, if I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day, 
the darkness and the light are both alike today. There's, there is no such as darkness with God. Wow, wonderful, oh, great and wonderful God that we serve. Oh Lord, thou hast searched me, in verse 1, and known me. David prayed to God, understanding that he had personal knowledge of him. The pagans often thought that their gods were hostile, and uh, that they have a hostile or <clears throat> indifferent uh, God, that their God is indifferent to men and women. But David, look at this, knew that the true God cared enough to have searched and known each man and woman. Thank God. He cares so much. Unlike the gods of the world, unlike the gods of the pagan, they look at their gods as indifferent God. No heart at all. All those gods can do is to hurt you, to forsake you. But here is a God. The God of heaven sees us all the time and cares for us. It's not just the God who knows everything. David says, yes, I believe that God knows everything. And it goes beyond that for me because he knows me. He knows me. It's not just that God is everywhere. He's everywhere with me. Yea, though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for even there you are with me. <clears throat> it's not that the God created everything, he created me. Oh, thank God, the all-present God is with me. Look at verse number 7, please. Psalm 139, verse 7. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? Big question mark. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? David considered the truth that, that, that God is present everywhere. There is no corner. There is no dimension of the universe hidden from him. Heaven isn't too high or hell isn't too low. God is everywhere, thank God. He argued with God's omniscience from his omnipresence. He knows everything. Why? Why? Because he's in every place. His eyes are open in every place. You see, you read that verse 7, verse 8, verse number 9. It seems, it seems that the psalmist is trying to plead from God, hide himself from God. The psalmist is not trying to evade God here. But he further qualifies, he amplifies that God's knowledge is beyond the ability of humans to grasp. He's not trying to hide himself from God, but he is trying to teach us. Extend the ability of God to know. His knowledge, God's knowledge beyond the ability of humans to understand. The knowledge or discerning of God can never, remember this, be limited to any, to any particular place. You don't confine God in one place because he's in every place. God is in China this morning. God is in Afghanistan this morning. God is in the U.S. this morning. God is inside this building. God is with us. God is with you. God is present. Because he is present, he knows what is going on in our lives. I guess we need a doctor. Um, Dr. Irene. There. Now, <clears throat> he's everywhere. God's sovereignty extends to the whole created 
universe. Thank God for that. The psalmist speaks of God as a person everywhere, present in creation. Yet this thing, we need to understand this because there are also people who said, well, God is everywhere, God is everything, and everything is God. We don't believe in that. This pulpit is not God. It's created by God. This chair is not God. God is everywhere, but he is distinct from his creation. Thy presence, thou art there. <coughs> thy hand, thy, <coughs> thy right hand. God is everywhere, but let me make this clear. He is not everything. He's above everything. He's in control of everything. Now, number another thing here, God sees and understands everything before before a thing happens, God knows it will happen. Whatever circumstance would bring us into a certain place. Whenever we are brought into a certain place by circumstances in our lives, we will soon find that he is there to meet us. We will soon find out that he is there to protect us. Some men, cruel men, made their way to cast Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fiery furnace. They took, they, they, they manipulated the story. And as a result, those evil men were seemingly at first successful in casting out, casting Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the flame of fire. Only to find out that even in the flames of fire, God is there for us. God to his yeah. Mr. Nebuchadnezzar says, Did we cast three men? I thought we 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 cast three men into the flames of fire. Said, why is it as he was beginning to move away? He was hearing according to Bible scholars. Mr. Nebuchadnezzar was hearing people singing in the midst of the fire. They were praising God. And he looked back and, and then he said, I, I can understand this. Did we not cast three men? Said, Behold, he says, look at this. Four men are loose and walking in the midst of the fire. Why? Because they found out that God is the God El Roy. Wherever you go, whatever circumstance brings you into one particular place to confine you, only to find out that God is there for us. You may be confined in a hospital room, but you cannot confine God. You are maybe confined within problems of life. You cannot confine God because everywhere God is there to meet us. David considered the truth that God is present everywhere. There is no corner, there is no dimension of the universe hidden from God. Yes, God. The psalmist speaks of God as a person everywhere present in creation. Yet distinct. He is everywhere present in his creation but distinct from creation. He's in control of everything. God sees and understands everything before 
a thing happens in your life. You look at what happened to Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These three faithful Hebrew boys learned that even in the most dangerous place, God is there. God is there. He's the Jehovah Shammah. He's the Jehovah El Roy. Yes, he, he is there with us. Psalm 32 verse 8, I will instruct thee and teach thee the way which thou shalt go. God says, I will guide thee with mine eyes. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. Hebrews chapter 4. Look at verse 13 in your Bible, please. Hebrews chapter 4. We begin reading verse number 13 in your Bible, please. Hebrews 4, verse number 13. The Bible says, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Don't be afraid to go on. Don't be afraid to serve God. God is there for us. God sees us and God understands us. If the presence of the Lord is with us, then His unlimited power is available for us to enjoy. Yes, thank God for that. In Jeremiah 23, verse 23, 24, Am I a God at hand, saith the Lord? Another God afar off? Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him? You cannot hide things from God, saith the Lord. Do not, I feel heaven and the earth, saith the Lord. Number two, upon learning, you know, the truth that we have here this morning, in general way, I want to take this wonderful truth right into your personal life, into our personal life this morning. We have different situations, different circumstances, and different struggles in life. However, one thing, your circumstance may not be the same as mine. Your problem may not be the same as others. Your trial and your struggle in life we have different situations. We have different circumstances. We have different struggles in life. However, one thing is certain. God sees you this morning. Stop worrying. Claim this. God sees us. God sees you. He sees you as much as if there were no other, nobody else in the world for him. To look at. Can you imagine? Sir Greg made mention that in India, the Indians are now running 1.5 billion people. The Chinese, they have 1.7 billion. Count all the people of the world. There are now almost between 7 to 8 billion people all over the world. There are 100 million plus Filipinos. All of those people would cry to God at the same time. But thank God he sees you as if nobody else lives in this universe but you. He can focus his attention. God can catch all the prayers, all the longings, all the needs of every individual. And everything that goes on with the creation of God. God takes care of them. 
Not even a single sparrow fall down without his knowledge. He can count the number of your hair. Every one of us, every one of those eight million people. But when you come to God, when you come to God, he takes you in as if nobody lives in this universe. No one else to look at but you only. Thank God how wonderful the God that we see. That is the truth that we find there when God, when it says, Thou God that seeth me. Yes, if you have to watch, let us say 100 people, certainly your attention will be divided. Especially if you watch over some 100 children or kids, small kids. And uh, they would play around and, and uh, you know, uh, uh, divide your attention. You have to take care of this and that and this and that. Your attention will be divided. And you can only, you can only cater, you know, a certain amount of, a number of people. But God can cater the needs of two, eight billion people at the same time. Don't worry, come to God. Don't worry, tell God about your situation. Because God understands you. God deals with you as if nobody lives in the universe but you. This morning. We cannot help ourselves but say amen to that great Another thing is that God sees you entirely. He feels and knows everything that is going on deep inside of your heart and mind. He understands all the struggle going on in your life right now. You see, if you try to tell that story to people, people make laugh. You know, they would, you know, they would make fun of you. They would laugh at you. They would ridicule you. They would condemn you. They'll probably judge you. But my friend, you go ahead and tell God about it and he understands you. Cares for you. Cares for you. Thank God he cares for us. He understands deep what's going on deep inside of your heart and, and mind. He understands all the struggles going on in your life right now. All your worries, all your pain, all your doubts. In Psalm 139, verse 2, Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. Yes, in verse 3, God not only knew the smallest aspects of David's everyday life, He also knew His thoughts. God knows our words before we speak them. And there is nothing of us hidden from all that all-knowing God. As David wrote, Thou art acquainted with all my ways. Verse 4, for there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it all together. Divine knowledge is perfect, since not a single word is unknown. Yes, not, not even an unspoken word. And each one is altogether. Each one is wholly known to God. God sees you entirely. God sees everything about you. You know, MIR may miss some. X-ray machines may miss some. But God sees inside of you. Everything inside of us. God sees us not only entirely. God sees us constantly. Proverbs 5 verse 21. For the ways of man... For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he pondereth all his goings. 
See, this is a very comforting promise to us. Very comforting promise for us to know that wherever we go, the Lord is always watching to protect us. The Lord is always there to protect us. Proverbs 15 verse 3, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. He's watching us wherever we go. Whether we do good or whether we do bad, God loves us as much as he can take off his eyes away from us. Just think of that. God loves us so much in as much as he can never, he cannot afford to take his eyes off away from us. He cannot take his eyes away from us. He watches us. He watches over us. He watches over us. He will quickly give strength to those whose hearts are faithful to him. Those hearts are loyal to him. Second Chronicles 16 and verse number... Second Chronicles 16. Look at verse number 9, please. Second Chronicles 16 and verse number 9. 16 verse number 9 in, in your Bible, please. It says there, For the eyes of the Lord run to and pro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of whose heart is what? Perfect means loyal to God. You can never have a perfect heart. You are still here on earth. The word perfect, the, the word used there means loyal to God. God can see every step we take and God knows everything we do. He sees every step that I take. Job says in Job 31, look at verse number 4. Job chapter 31 and verse number 4. This is what Job says. Job 31 and verse number 4. 31 verse number 4. Job says, um, in verse, that, that not he see my way and count all my steps. God counts every step. We take in life. How many steps you think you have, 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 have trodden so far? Since birth, pila na ba kalakang imunahimo? Absolutely nobody, none of us can say, exactly can count the steps we have taken since birth. Since we learned walking. But the Lord count the steps. Not only guide our steps, but he count the steps that we take in life. Oh, thank God for that. The Lord knows exactly what we're doing right now. The Lord is in His holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold this eyelids cry, the children of men. God knows our hearts. Psalm 17 verse 3. There's nothing that can be hidden from, from Him. Yes, take note that God sees you all the time. He's watching us 24-7. What does 24-7 mean? It means 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, meaning all the time. Not only God sees us entirely, but He sees us constantly. Yes, thank God for that. This great truth concerning the omniscience of God, number 3, because I have to catch up my time, this great truth concerning the omniscience of God will meet us 
our different conditions in life. We will meet our different conditions in life. God sees us. Yes. God even sees the tears. Where was Hagar? My question is, where was Hagar during this time? What happened to her? She has been mistreated by mom Sarah. She was the one who suggested it before, but she's mistreated by mom Sarah. So she, she left. Where was she? She can't go back to Egypt. And she, not knowing whether she was, now all I can say, confused. Yes. Afflicted. Yes. Weeping. Yes. Filled with tears. Yes. But God is telling us he can count the tears that fall in our eyes. Open you under what? Tears come into your eyes and burdens seem to be much more than you can stand. But God is standing near. He sees your falling fears. Tears are a language God understands. God sees the fears of a broken-hearted soul. He sees your fears and hears them when they fall. God weeps along with man and takes him by the hand. Tears are a language God understands. He can count them and put them in a battle. This great truth concerning the omniscience of God will meet our different conditions in life. Let me address this first of all to those who are engaged in the battle of prayer. Those who are praying. It's a great encouragement to you and me. God sees your present needs. He sees your condition. Never yield to the temptation of giving up your fight in prayer. For God will soon hear it. God will soon send the answer. Do not give up. Somebody is watching you with care. Somebody is seeing you with care. And he's about to bring the power, the answer to your prayer. Do not easily give up. Continue in your prayer fight, in your prayer battle. But the Lord will hear it. Why? Because he sees you. He sees our prayers. He sees our needs. And then those who are praying for God's supply for their needs, keep on praying. God's answer will surely come. Jesus said that the Bible says, Call unto me all. Call unto me and I will answer thee. And show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Philippians 4, 19, God will supply your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Do not easily give up. Pray. Go on. Pray. You have needs. Go ahead and pray because he is watching us. He sees us. Then those that are experiencing being slandered by some, some people trying to hurt you, 
Do not stop praying. Do not stop praying. God's promise will surely come. Thank God Daniel did not stop praying. He, did, he was not tempted to stop, you know, praying. He continued praying. But instead he continued until God recompensed their evil deeds toward Daniel. Them that accused Daniel were cast into the den of lions, their children, their wives, their bones were broken. It, 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 it break into pieces. Do not stop praying. Do not stop praying. I remember a young preacher was in my office not too long ago. He said, Pastor, what's the secret? I took up my, my pants and I said, look at this. Look at this. We cannot stop praying. I have been in the work of the Lord this coming August the 1st for 40 years in the ministry. And I have seen prayer. I have seen the power of prayer. People that will hurt you, I have seen them. I do not stop praying until the Lord will show it to me. I will not stop praying. Night and day, I wake up 3 o'clock in the morning, praying, praying, knowing that God sees us. This wonderful experience of Hagar will remind us of the great things that the Lord had done in her during this time of pain and suffering. I believe that there are lessons we can learn here and how we deal with pain and suffering. Lessons we can learn, number one, is that the Lord provided Hagar someone to talk to. Her life was filled with sorrow and pain. She just needed someone to talk to. Nobody else, no one else is there in that wilderness. She knew not what to do and where to go. The Lord just exactly came so that she will find someone to talk to. The best person to talk to when we have problems is God. The best person who will understand us, the best person who will provide for us is God. It was God. The Lord, number two, met Hagar to let her know that God is willing to spend time with her and listening her. Notice the Lord opened the conversation. The Bible says, the Lord, in verse 7, found her. And he said unto, unto her, and the angel of the Lord said unto her, and the angel of the Lord said unto her, it was the Lord who initiated the conversation. I remember two disciples going you know, they, they have lost their, their carriage after the resurrection of Christ. They, went, they were going to Emmaus and they were talking and, and all of a sudden a stranger, a visitor, joined them in their, in their journey and said, what kind of, of conversation is this that you have? You are, you are, you are, you are lonely. He said, it's about Jesus. About what? You know, the Lord was tender-hearted. The Lord was patient. In trying to spend time listening to Cleopas and his companion, even though he was the one actually being talked about. The Lord was just patient. About what? He says, Are you a stranger? He was a stranger. 
not knowing their, heart, their eyes were beholden, that they, they did not recognize him. But the Lord was there. He was the center of the story. He was the center of the issue. But he spent time graciously extended his patience. Why? Because he's willing to listen to us. Do not spend your time taking everything inside of you and put it on Facebook. It will not help you. I believe we Christians should use Facebook to spread the word of God. Talk to God because he's willing to listen to us. The Lord met her, number three, that she, to let her know that she's not alone. And then number four, the Lord met her to let her know that God has a wonderful plan for her life. You're going to conceive a son, his name is Ismail. And Ismail has part in God's blessing. Look at the oil now scattering in Arab countries. He said, I have a great plan for you. Every one of us remember this. For I know the plans I have for you. I know the thoughts I think toward you, God says. God declares. Now, thoughts, not the people, but good to give you an expected end. Someone has, has ex- expounded the verse, and this is what he says. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. God sees your pain at present. He sees your sorrows at present. And he wants to come into your life and bring healing to your pain. The same God who saw Hagar in her distress also sees you. Elroy is not blind to your situation. Elroy is not blind to see your pain. Elroy is not blind to see your disappointment. He sees how your heart has been broken. And so many times by the heartful words of others. He sees the pain you're hiding. He sees every dream. Frustration and trials. Not only is the God who sees you, He hears you. He sees the countless tears that you have, that He has recorded all your sorrow and collected them in a battle. In Psalm 56, verse 8, Thou tellest my wandering, put thou my fear into the battle. Are they not in thy book? God has not forgotten you, He sees you. God has not forgotten you. He sees your despair. He sees your joy. He sees your deepest needs. He longs to heal your broken heart. Friend, come to God as you are. Openly come to God. Come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Come as you are with the burdens And then take your burdens to God and leave it there. Let him take care of you. Refuse yourself to see yourself a victim of circumstance. 
Because you're not. God never allows you to be a victim. The devil wants you to think that you're a victim of circumstances. That you're a victim. Refuse to say, I'm a victim. Rise up and say, I'm not a victim because God sees me and God allows it to happen to me for my good. Continue to be faithful to God. Be determined to continue praying. Do not stop praying until you're heard and you're answered by God. Let us all stand, please. Before I pray this morning, is there something that you need to commit to God? A prayer need? A longing that you'd like to tell God about? A life that you'd like to surrender to God? He sees you. Do not forget that. And never count yourself a victim because you're not. We have a God who allows things to happen. There are no accidents with God. We are special with God. He loves us and wants to bless us in a wonderful way. Pastor Ying, I ask close, our eyes are closed and heads are bowed. Pastor Ying, I, I slip my hand so that I might be remembered in your prayer. Come on, quickly. Amen. God bless you. Amen. If you have never been saved, you're not sure 100% that if death comes to you, heaven will be your home. You those are watching me live, watching us live this morning. You had never received Christ. Come please and be saved. Open your heart and pray that sinners pray. Lord Jesus, I know Lord that I am a great sinner. I cannot save myself. But you know Lord that I, I love you and I would like to be saved. For please forgive me, cleanse me with your blood. I now receive you into my heart as my Savior. Heavenly Father, thank you for those hands. Thank you for your people. Those who are watching in their homes, I pray, Lord, for your blessings. Those who desire to be saved, please, Lord God, allow them to be saved today. Bless even this afternoon. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Sir Greg, please.